Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We're back. We brought the Florida weather with us. <laughs> You're welcome, Minnesota. For one day, anyway. It's good to be here. Jason, Dan, drive time with the Russia in effect. When you have a great trip and that last leg, just, oh, it's the worst, isn't it? Some of you follow me on Twitter. Uh, noticed on Friday night that we are getting ready to leave Fort Myers around 930. Scheduled departure 930, which I'll be honest, always makes me nervous. And we had a great week, right? Beautiful resort, stayed at Margaritaville, had a great flight down. Sun Country took care of us all good. Fantastic time at the ballpark. The Twins were great. Twins were terrific. It was could not have been a better week. Players were awesome. Everything going good. Until the end. So the flight's at 9.30, and then it's delayed to 10.30, and then it's delayed to 11.30, and then it's delayed to 12.30, and then you start doing the math and think like, uh-oh. Now, it wasn't the airline's fault. There was a baggage belt issue at Terminal 2 in Minneapolis in the morning. And so, you know, you try to be understanding, right? You're like, well, sure, yeah. Like, you know, if you, if the belt system that gets baggage from the check-in to, uh, you know, wherever they sort it and then they bring it out, you're like, all right. Like, this is, this is, uh, if you're doing it all by hand, it's going to mess everything up. And it did. And so, you know, if you're a... Uh, hour or two hours late on the front end, then everybody's going to get delayed. So fine. You're like, whatever, it's fine. So they load us on the plane, finally, at 1230 in the morning, and you hear the pilot say, well, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, We're running up against the crew time limitation. So for good reasons, I mean, you don't want your pilots flying all day all night so you're like all right he's like we'll see what happens and you're like we'll see what happens that's <laughs> what because they're loading the yeah. uh dan cook's enormous you dan know, brought such a uh, robust wardrobe what's the matter with you there's this giant that's suitcase not what happened so and then it was raining and you're like well we don't have a chance now a like downpour, these poor you know as we're trying to load the bags they're trying to empty one of the lavatories and apparently there was some issue there the grounds yeah. crew was a skeleton of what they should have been and the pilots basically saying we're yeah. like a literally a couple of minutes from timing out i'm not going to sugarcoat this with you we're going to try to back this yeah. up but it may not happen and then it didn't Longest delay you've ever faced when you're traveling, 651-461-9226. I want to hear your travel stories because, you know, Dan and I don't fly that often. We really don't. Like how, how in an average year you fly how many times? Once. Yeah. With me. Isn't that nice? That's how it goes. That's yeah. really special. Yeah. It is. I probably, I go more than that, but not that often. And so 
like once it was a failure and then they, you know, we, we all had to leave the plane and you go into this empty airport that doesn't have a hotel on the airport nope. property. And you're like, what do we do? <laughs> and there's like one person there to ask, right? And she's like, I don't know. You're going to get an email. You're gonna like, I got to get an email. Yep. Like, can't somebody tell me what to do? Where's the bus to pick me up and take me somewhere? I don't know what to do. And so we sat there. And everyone on the flight is coming up to me saying, what are you going to say about this on the radio on Monday? Because <laughs> all the thoughts go through your head, right? You're like, well, why don't we just cancel this thing? Four hours ago, it was pretty obvious which direction this deal was going. Should have just called it. Now, in retrospect, I'm glad they just delayed it. Because then the next day, we got on a flight in the afternoon, the exact same plane, yeah. the exact same seat, and off we went. The exact same passengers. I mean, it was just, they just literally moved the flight to the next right. day. You know, some, way easier than 17 like. 17 hours later, or whatever it was. Yeah, way easier than like the Hunger Games trying to figure out like how do I better be the first one on the phone to get that first, yeah. that last open seat on the 9 a.m. flight. Yeah. So, so it was okay. But like, we didn't really know what was going on. Wait for an email. You're like, I mean, not to go old man on the bit, but there was a time. When there would be a person in my day who would tell you, like, yeah. here is your voucher. Right. Here is your hotel. But technology has improved everything, right? So we get an email at about 2.30 in the morning that Ooh. says, click on this link, yeah. and it will automatically take you into this web of systems that are yeah. connected to all the hotels. Go pick your hotel. Computer systems. Great. The problem is that at 2.30 in the morning, all those hotel computer systems are in their night audit mode, and they're not accepting any new yeah. people. Whatever, and so that link. Whatever, yeah. Was basically useless. useless, yeah. But we had a great. But we didn't know that till we, about three in the morning. Yeah, and if you've never stayed at a at a Days Inn motel in a sketchy part of town, and I say this because someone while we were checking in, of course the door to the lobby was locked, and we were checking in through an open window. While we were checking in, some guy comes walk. It's again, it's four forty-five in the morning. Some guy comes walking up, walks directly by us, pulls up about 10 feet from us yeah. at the edge of the building, staring across the street, mm-hmm. stands there for like three or four minutes. About that. Turns around and walks back into the darkness. Yes. And you're like. I got a bit of a smile and a nod at, from him as mm, he came up. Exactly what a killer put, would give me you. right at ease. I was yeah. Fine. Oh yeah. I like. <laughs> what is this man doing? And then as we walk back to our room, you think, which one of these cars is he going to jump out yeah. from behind? To be fair, you know this. Did you describe the portion of town we were in with this day's in as I was taking a phone call there? Mm. Did you? I'm asking you. Uh not okay. So I can describe it right. Across the street from this day's in mm-hmm. was pawn shop, rent a center, yep. and as I do scare quotes, foot massage place. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, that's the part of Fort Myers we were in. It's not all the beaches and the islands, nope. my friends. John is in Minneapolis on the CCO talk and text line six five one four six one nine two two six. Hey John. All right, Jason. Here's my story about twelve years ago. I had to fly in a, a September, beautiful fall day on a Sunday to Center Valley, Pennsylvania, through Chicago for a work meeting. 
We pushed off on time, and we proceeded to sit three hours on the tarmac. I kid you not, oh, and no. that just drives you nuts. Yes. We finally, we finally took off, and as we approached Chicago, that was the connecting city, we circled the city for an hour because there was a terrible thunderstorm, and we eventually were diverted to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, for the night, where when we got there, the pilot said we're clocking out you know, for the night, so we had to scramble for a hotel. By the time I caught the earliest flight I could get the next day for Chicago on a Monday, I got in about 4.30, and the last flight had left for Center Valley, Pennsylvania. So there was no hotel rooms for at least 100 miles around O'Hare. I had to sleep in the airport and caught my plane to Center Valley on Tuesday morning at 6.30. When I got to the meeting, my, when I got to the airport in Center Valley, my bag was lost. It wasn't on that plane. So I had to have the taxi guy take me to the drugstore. And, you know, but I come right. into the meeting, you know, with my blue jeans on, and people are you know, my manager knew, but people are looking at me like, you know, a day and a half late, what are you doing? Right. You know? Why, what, you know? Oh. And I, I'm not kidding you. I was sleeping sleep on the airport floor that Monday night yeah. in O'Hare, and it was like, Unbelievable. So that's my story. It's not great. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Adam in Robbinsdale. Hey, Adam. You know, first thought when I heard your um, interview with Nikki Haley, I'm like, they're going to let that commie interview <laughs> Nikki Haley? <laughs> I mean, yeah. what's her camp doing? Anyways, right. Right. I used to travel every single week. So I, I used to travel every single week. So I have a ton of them. But the most epic one is actually not work related. My wife and I were flying out to New York. She's a huge Kenny Chesney fan. And so we're going to, I think our flight was arrived around nine. But we like to get there, you know, a couple hours early, not because we need to get there early. It's because we like to have a couple of mimosas or something like that before we board the plane. Right. So all of a sudden, three hour delay immediately. And then we get on the plane, told to get off the plane, two hour more delay. Oof. And then. We got back on the plane again, got back off the plane again, because oh, there's no. like these little windows. But I got to tell you, there's nothing more entertaining than sitting in a bar for 15 hours with people from New Jersey. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because some of them are losing their minds. Some right. of them are just at a point two. Oh, right. For for as bad of an experience it was, it, at least we were entertained. Yes. I will say, like, on our flight, we had quite a variety of reactions from tolerant to people who, uh, frankly, I expected them to be calling right now. They were so fired up and angry about the way this all went down. Adam, thank you. Let, let's uh, let's take a break. Lots of text. Matt, stay on the line. Your call, welcome to 651-461-9226. It's Monday on Drive Time. Talking about those travel delays. You know, I think it's part of the system today. It's just so different, right? Airlines are running more leanly. We enjoy those low prices, and part of the part of the deal is is the delay. One of our texters at six five one four six one nine two two six says the longest travel delay was five days. <clears throat> oh my goodness, three in France because of an air traffic controller strike. Imagine that a strike. A worker strike in France. Three days, followed by two days in Atlanta and Cincinnati. Oh, my goodness. The Delta person in Atlanta scolded us for being discouraged. She said, it took Christopher Columbus much longer to reach America. You know, sometimes when you're trying to be funny, 
you just miss. <laughs> sometimes you're swinging. No. And you, you just miss. Her supervisor heard her and got us a hotel room. We'd been awake for 36 hours. Yeah, your sense of humor at that. No. It's not happening. Matt is in a car at 651-461-9226. Matt, five days makes our, our little, you know, 16-hour uh, yeah, delay look yeah. look like nothing. I certainly don't have the, the five-day <laughs> thing, but I also have a horror story in Atlanta. Uh, the wife and I took a trip to uh, Jamaica, and it was delayed oh, an hour or two um, to get from Jamaica to Atlanta. Or, yeah, Jamaica to Atlanta. And by the time we got to Atlanta, there was a huge storm, and we had a connecting flight in Atlanta to get back to Minneapolis, and there was tornadoes all around, like several. So we're having to drive around like a super circle around the Atlanta airport for a couple hours um, in the air in tornadic weather. I mean, to the point where people were praying out loud in the plane, and uh, it was pretty interesting. Oh so we finally land. We finally land, and, of course, the airport was evacuated. First time in history that the Atlanta airport had had oh. to close. Wow. So we land, and, you know, we're, you know, we're like just, you know, we're like a half mile away from the main terminal. So we have to walk. I mean, there's no light rail. There's no nothing working. Right. We get back. There's no one there. I mean, it's ghost town, you know. So we have to wait for everything, everybody to get there to unload luggage, do this, do oh. that. Finally, you know, I, you know, we've all seen the horror stories of people camping out for days on, you know, right. on the floor. Right. I'm like, hey, I am not sleeping on the floor of the <laughs> airport, you know. And uh, so, so, so at least, you know, when the people file back after an hour or two or whatever, um, they got us up in a hotel. We get to the hotel, of course, we're on this transport bus, and um, there was a TGI that was going to to close and i told my wife i said hey before i check in why don't you run over there and tell them what the situation is here because there's probably about 60 people that would probably like to have a drink or two right and uh so so they stayed open late for us they were super gracious it was great um bummer was the next day we we get on have to go back to o'hare didn't have a straight flight so then we you know wasted several hours going to o'hare and get back and um yeah i mean it it uh it ended up being okay, but, uh, you know, just another adventure, I guess. You, you sort of plan for it now, right? Like, I was grateful that our scenario happened on a Friday night. I almost never yeah. try to travel, like, on a Sunday if I got to be back at work on a yeah. Monday. I try to leave a buffer yeah, and, day because you just expect it. Yes, and we and we had young kids at the time, and thank God we had, uh, you know, grandparents around that, yeah. could, that could bail us out there. Right. Right. And uh, yeah, we after after that excursion, we have officially hung up connecting flights. We no longer they don't exist <laughs> yeah. to us anymore. Yes, I'm with you on that. We that's one of those things where you're yeah. like, I'll pay more. I'm not. I'm not doing a yeah yeah, yeah. the two three hundred dollars savings out the door. Correct, <laughs> correct. Yeah. Very good. Thanks for calling, Matt. We appreciate it. Three twenty six here on CCO. Longest layover was at the Buffalo train station. Six hours until the next train to Toronto. I finally said, screw it, and went to New York City instead. Like, at a certain point, you got to just, like, forget it. Forget it. How about this? This texture was at the London Gatwick Airport when the London bombs happened in the underground. Oh. So all of the TVs at the airport were required to be off, the texture said. You know, they went to full-on security lockdown. Sure. The flight was infinitely delayed. 
They had to check all their carry-on items. They just got to carry a quart Ziploc bag, no exceptions. Wow. I'm like, whoa, that's, that's pretty intense. The sleeping on the airport floor, like we were sort of, we were, the, the lesson, there were a couple things that like for me were lessons because yes. and my wife, the next day, of course, she was sleeping when this happened. And my wife, who travels more than I do, was like, you're an idiot. Like, why didn't you immediately call to make a hotel reservation? I was like, well, they said, like, you were yeah. going to get an email. She's like, who cares? Like, j- like it's 150 bucks. Like, go go get a night's sleep. I was like, She's like, it's the company money. You were traveling on business. Like, what are you delaying for? I'm like, I, I, you know, I was too trusting, too trusting. It happens. It happens. It is a, it is a part of our travel system today. And in the moment, you're so frustrated. And the people... You know, the people are, are doing their best. The crew is doing their best. Like, everybody's trying to take care of you, but, you know. But we learned, right? Make learned. the make the hotel reservation right yep. away. Just do it. Don't wait for the email. If don't. they reimburse you, they reimburse you. If they don't, they don't. But Don't wait around. If you are over the age of 35, you do not need to be sleeping on an airport no, floor. absolutely not. <laughs> Just it's no, a no. That was a no. It's I a did, no. for the record, uh, suggest at one point, and this is probably somewhere in the three o'clock a.m. hour, so you know, take that into account. Yeah. That we rent a car and just go buddy road. Trip you did <laughs> on the bit and just drive. Yeah, back. yeah. I feel that would have been an epic story. It would have been a good story, but I do feel still confident in my decision to go with a no. No, one hundred percent. You were yeah. right. Yeah, it's just a question of how many miles we would have made it before you would have opened the door and either flung yourself out or me. <laughs> now, one of the two. Now this texter was flying from Minneapolis to New Hampshire to celebrate her parents' anniversary with a three-year-old and an eight-month-old mm. and her husband. And she uh, ended up, so so they were like all delayed. It was all, uh, they made it to Chicago where their flight was delayed for a bunch of hours. They had to, you know, got on, got off the whole bit. No hotels, no rental cars. They slept in Chicago. Then they had a friend, you know, they missed it. They were like, we yeah. can't, we're not going to New Hampshire. So they had a friend in Chicago drive them back to Minneapolis, and to make it even better, our friend's car died on the highway. Ooh. On the just sometimes, like when it starts falling apart, it yeah. really just it keeps really falling just, apart. Yeah. There is a move to to solve one of the most frustrating issues uh, of our time. It's a first world problem for sure, but those service fees that you see on rental cars and hotels and oh, at restaurants, do I hear about that? There's a legislator who wants to just outlaw the fees. What do you think? We'll hear from that state legislator in just a minute here on Drive Time. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. So many of you have had it when it comes to those extra service fees, surcharges. You see them at restaurants all the time. Uh, You see them at hotels. You see other businesses adding all of these fees. And there has been a move to ban them. A state legislator from Minneapolis has a bill right now where she is uh, proposing 
wiping out these surcharges and service fees. Representative Emma Greenman, DFL from Minneapolis, is with us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Representative, thanks for being here. Uh, Thank you for having me. What got you going about these uh, extra service fees? Yeah, so um, these, as you as you said in your introduction, these junk fees are taken over. Um, people are seeing them everywhere, and so I have heard from constituents. I have seen them. I was at the airport getting a bottle of water. There's a four percent fee, the resort fees for a hotel that has not even a pool, um, and so all of those things. Um, I think people have been seeing and experiencing Ticketmaster rental cars, and I think now is the time that. Folks have just said we've had enough um, and so want to make sure that we have transparent pricing. And I'd say I call it all inclusive pricing so that you know what you're paying for uh, when you make that purchase. Why? Why is this something that the government should be wading into? Why? Why not just let, you know, businesses price the way they want? And if consumers don't like it, then they can go to a different restaurant or a different, uh, you know, hotel. Yeah, I mean, it it is, I think, the government's job to ensure we have a fair, transparent, competitive market. Um, When I, you know, the high school economics I had said the way that markets work is there's price transparency and people compare the price. And when you have practices where businesses are sort of deceptively um, or make it really hard to compare prices, it hurts everybody. And, you know, I think that the research said that um, Minnesotans shell out about $3,000 annually for these kinds of fees, um, and they they uh, inflate prices as opposed to um, keeping them where they should be. And so in anything that's affecting Minnesotans like that, um, I think it's our job to make sure that we have a competitive market and uh, we deal with some of these anti-competitive practices. State Representative Emma Greenman is with us talking about her uh, proposal to uh, it's sort of a ban of these service fees, but but really it's requiring if you have a fee uh, to also list it alongside the price. Is that is that sort of the intent here? Yeah, included in the price. So if you have um, that's what prices are for, right? Prices reflect your labor costs, your inputs, maybe, you know, your your location or whatever kind of business you are. Um, And so if you're offering, you know, whether it's um, a sandwich or a rental car, um, what you need to do is advertise the price it's going to cost, not a price that looks too good to be true. And when you get through the entire online form or maybe at the end of your meal, you realize, hey, it's three or four percent more. Maybe I would have gone someplace else. I think restaurants try to make the case that what they're doing with these fees is is actually letting the consumer know, look, the price of food isn't going up this much. This is us paying for health care. This is us paying for, you know, uh, higher wages for the back of the house. Uh, What uh, restaurant owners, I think, are generally speaking, don't feel like they're trying to be deceptive about it. They they feel the opposite, that they're trying to be uh, uh, more transparent and letting people know what's going into their bills. Do you reject that argument? I do, because, you know, the rest of the price is, again, the, the fundamentals of what it takes to do your business. So if your food prices go up or your labor prices go up, if your rent goes up, all of those um, go into your price. 
And um, a few things I've heard from, I heard this actually from yeah. a server, um, is that the service fee, convenience fee, wellness fee, um, whatever it's sort of called in the industry you're in, is that um, even though there's language, if you read the fine print right. um, that says it's not going into gratuity, I have heard from servers who have said people have not left gratuity or have reduced their gratuity because it gets confused. So It is uh, confusing. It's, 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 I think there's no question that it's confusing. I'm not sure that I agree that it's deceptive which is, I think, where you run into uh, uh, sort of the challenge here, at least from my perspective. I do think it's confusing, the fact that as a consumer, when you're going, especially, I think it's restaurants that people really get annoyed at this because one restaurant maybe has a 20% fee and says don't tip. Another has a 10% fee on takeout. And you're like, well, what am, what am I supposed to do for that? Yeah. Like, it's, it is a lot, of, uh, a lot of confusion on the, on the consumer standpoint, for sure. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I think that, again, I don't mean to pick on on restaurants because it's across our economy. I mean, talk to someone about Ticketmaster, right, yeah. or rental car fees. Um, even now we're seeing this in um, some landlords are, are, are charging a convenience fee on the rent. And so it is the, the, the reason that it matters and the reason we're taking action, and we've actually heard from businesses, which is saying, look, if, just have a cross-the-board rule, right? Because if you are a business and you want to provide an all-in price because consumers um, want that, and if you talk to consumers, yeah. they do, um, you're competing against uh, a price that looks cheaper on its, uh, at the beginning but may actually be the same cost. And, and the research sort of shows folks look at the price from the beginning. So we want to create you know, an environment um, that, one, is not, does not confuse customers, and two, where folks can decide, know how much they're paying and folks can decide um, where they want to purchase that service, where they want to, you know, what game they want to go to, where they want to reserve that hotel um, based on the, the, the price of, of what they're going to get. State Representative Emma Greenman with us here on CCO. Do you think that the, the state sales tax uh, or the state taxes or those kind of things, should those be included in the fee or included in a flat price as well? Uh, those things are usually split out at the end of the bill. Yeah, I think I think that's a different question, um, partially because that applies to everyone, every business equally, right? Yeah. You don't have the same problem, which is a price at one place may um, at one hotel may include this resort fee that costs thirty five dollars uh, when you check in and right. another one doesn't with, with whether it's sales tax um, or whatever it is it's the same across the jurisdiction yeah um, I you know I, I personally I would like to see one tax the way or excuse me um, one I think the, the easiest thing would be one um, price the way you see in Europe that's not what this bill does, um, right. <laughs> and partially because it's just more in line. It's much easier to yeah. just say put everything in your price, but I don't think it has the same confusion um, factor that that um, or the same um, uh, issue with uh, people being yeah, able to it, judge it, how much. It's an even. Cost. You're right. It's an even. You're on an even footing with other businesses when you're looking at that add-on at the end of it. It it is confusing. I empathize with people who every every time you go out to eat. Uh, you know, trying to trying to solve this problem. And, and some some owners are are adding these fees because they really are uh, paying their employees better and trying to take care of them. And I think there are probably some em employees who it's a nice way to make up for kind of small margins in their business that they're taking a little of that action, too. So so I get I get all of the different angles on on this thing. Would you let people still do like 
there are some restaurants that charge a 20% fee and have no gratuity. Would that be allowed in that in, in this bill? So that's not currently in the bill, but that's exactly the question that I think um, we're going to talk about in committee. I know that there's some members who are interested. There's sort of a movement away from tipping. Um, yeah. um, and and so I think that that conversation um, is ongoing. My, my co-author, Senator Port, and I, I think, are interested in having that conversation. Currently, it doesn't include that, but... Um, we're definitely open to open that conversation. To that. It's super interesting. We're seeing this sort of war on these fees at the federal level from the White House and now now here in Minnesota. I yeah. think I think a lot of people a lot of people are gonna be with you here. Yeah, and I mean I think the part of it is we're just seeing it so much it's more everywhere. all over yeah. the place. Yes. You know, it's just I don't know if ten years ago if you would have looked around and said and again, I don't think you can pick on any one industry because you're seeing it. Uh, across yeah. the board yeah. and um and it you know it can lead to all the research says it can lead to um um uh price increases it also can i mean to your point people just get frustrated yes um, it's annoying I mean, it's annoying yeah yes i i feel that representative m agreement we appreciate your time today thanks for joining us thank you so much so i've sort of come around to this idea of banning fees Just because we've had three years of absolute confusion. And I don't know that to me these fees are nefarious. I think business owners are trying to figure out the best way to raise wages for people, be transparent about it, but still be competitive. And so they've at first I liked it when a restaurant would add a three percent like wellness fee. You're like, cool, they're paying insurance they're taking care of their worker. Now, there are so dang many fees like you just are left with a bad taste in your mouth at the end of every time you go out to eat. And I don't see the private sector doing anything to kind of solve the confusion. So maybe it is time for the state to intervene and say, look, you just can't do it. And so everyone's on an even footing and then everybody can add their cost into their thing. And yes, we already have 17 and $18 hamburgers. The parlor burger in Minneapolis and St. Paul is 18 bucks. Um, so now you're going to have $20 and you have some of that already too. So the $10 burger becomes 12. And you just call it a day. And then we can stop arguing about <laughs> these fees. Maybe that's the move. 651-461-9226. Lots of text coming in on this. Where I work, it's clearly labeled the fees and made known to the people. And if they have a problem or conflict with it, we remove it. So a lot of a lot of restaurants where, where they have the 3 or the 5% fee, if you do complain about it, they will remove it. Also, if you do complain about it, you're a terrible person. (laughs) Uh, The fees have gotten out of control. And some of it is because the way we shop, the fact that these websites just bring up, you know, you look at airfare. And if you see uh, an airfare for $182 on one airline and $186 on another, you're probably going with the cheaper airfare. And then 20 clicks down the line, you find out like, oh, I got to pay for the baggage. So, like, I understand this idea of transparency. Concert tickets are probably the worst. 
One texture says, last fall, my wife and I and another couple went to a concert at the X. The tickets were $400 apiece after we plugged in the credit card number. Then you see this extra fee on top of it. Another $110 extra fee. It was unavoidable at that point. You're like, well, what, what do you do? Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's, and I think, you know, to your point, are there restaurants out there that are trying to be transparent about this and obvious about it and are obviously being flexible with it if people are complaining? Yeah, absolutely. And kudos yes. to the people that are running those places. Yeah. But the trouble is not everybody's doing that, right? And especially with concert tickets fees in, in this case and other stuff like that where you don't find out about it until, right. like you said, you've entered your credit card information or you've gotten to the end of the, of the purchase. So is, yeah, is there yeah. maybe room for a compromise? Is there maybe room for rules about how transparent these things have to be? Or is that too complicated and the only way that yeah. the government can really do it is just say, hey, no, you can't do this? I do think that the fee culture, though, has brought into the forefront this idea that I think is ridiculous. It's very focused on fees. It's this idea of like, well, what's that for? Now, you don't go to Best Buy and buy a TV and say, what's this? Uh, Stocking fee? Or- like, no, you you don't say, like, what's the $325 for? Like, how much do you right. get that as the worker? Like, how much how much is Best Buy? And how much is your, your what's your manager? But at a restaurant, people now, like, want to have an interrogation. Like, oh, 5% fee. Do you get that or does that go to the owner? Oh, it goes to the owner. Well, what a slime ball. And you're like, no, people are just trying to run their business. But I also think, like, I don't need to know. I don't need to know. Charge me what you want to charge to run your business. And then I can tip like normal and then go forward. Now, I will say I came around on this because my gut on this issue is stay out of it. Let a business price things the way they want. And if they make it too confusing for the consumer, the consumer can just say, I'm not going to go there anymore. But I do, I, I am receptive to the idea that even though I don't think the intent of this is to be deceptive, the result of it is deceptive. You don't know how much something costs until the end. You have to ask a million questions. It's very confusing. And so is, is the, the easiest thing to do, say, get rid of it. And maybe you, like we talked about, you figure out a way to have a carve out. Like if, you know, some restaurants have an automatic 20% fee if you're a party of eight. But the trade-off is that there's no tip line then. So if you charge a fee, I don't know. Sticking a sign at the door is not transparent, says one texter. The fees are a way of raising rates without admitting it because most people don't see it. Yeah. I get it. It is, I, I don't like it either. The question is, do you want the state legislature telling a business how to do it? I, I'm I'm more open to it now than I was than I was a month ago. I'll tell you that much. We're going to take a break. Kate Raddatz, CBS News. We're going to talk about exposing an X. Is that the right thing to do? Is that not? Would you do it? 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.